You're listening to another life-transforming message from C3 Church, Salt Lake City. For more information on our church, go to c3saltlakecity.com. Um, this morning, we're going we're gonna to do something a little bit different. Uh, I'm super, super, super excited. Um, we're going to have a panel this morning. We're in our family-ish series. How many of you got some family issues? Yeah, me too, right? Um, and uh, and so this morning we're going to we're going to have a panel, uh, and so we've got three different uh, representatives of, of three different families who are going to come up and share uh, some issues that they've walked through in their family. Uh, but the thing that I love so much about our God, the thing that I love so much about our church, is that we we talk about issues, we we deal with real stuff because we're a real church, but we don't just hang out. In in that ish. Do you know what I'm saying? Like we don't just sit in our ish. Uh, instead, we bring that ish to the God of heaven, uh, and then we trust that he is going to uh, bring breakthrough and miracles. And uh, and this morning, we're going to talk about the ish, but then we're also going to celebrate the victory. We're going to celebrate the breakthrough. We're going to celebrate the fact that God shows up in the midst of our ish, and his name is honored and glorified even through it, right? And, uh, and so it's going to be a phenomenal time. I'd encourage you uh, to to press in. It's not going to be a normal, you know, uh, sermon that we that we're used to. But that doesn't mean uh, that you shouldn't have your notes out. That you shouldn't be at the edge of your seat, uh, being, uh, you know, receiving, being a spot to receive all that God has to download to your hearts this morning. And so, as the panelists come up, can we give them a round of applause? Come on, come on up, panelists. Come on up. Welcome, 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 welcome. How's it going? Awesome, awesome. We've got Eric Contreras and uh, and we've got Amy Marks and we've got uh, and we've got Giselle um, Munoz. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Well, this morning uh, is going to be really, really, really fun. Um, I want to just introduce. Uh, you guys and have you share a little bit. So Eric, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Eric, uh, could you just give us a quick rundown uh, of your family, where you're from, what you do here at church, and uh, just share a little bit, you know, some fun things about yourself. Well, I don't know about fun things, but let me start with my name. <laughs> uh, I'm Eric Contreras and my wife, Adria. Um, she's up there. Come on. My lovely wife. Uh, we're both from Mexico. Uh, we are uh, proud parents of three boys, Eli, who was actually playing the violin America. Jitsak, um, he's up there. My football player and, and Adriel, my youngest one. Mm-hmm. Awesome. We are a church. Actually, we are. We work pretty close with the church. We're actually the assimilation directors, um, my wife and I. And so that means we actually oversee the high team. We oversee the prayer team and um, uh, pathways and baptisms. That's right. So, Let's go. Yeah. Come on. And we love football. 49ers, actually. So go um. Niners. <laughs> Um, now, just curious, I mean, I know the answer to this, but just uh, to, to set the stage a bit, because uh, I know some of the things that you're going to talk about, um, you you must come from a real wealthy family in, in Mexico? Uh, no, absolutely not. <laughs> actually, I come from uh, um, from the barrios, actually, uh, the, ve- the very low ghetto of Mexico City. Wow. Uh, so, no, uh, I'm, I do not come from a wealthy family, actually. Um, both my wife and I, we come from broken families. Um, I didn't meet my mother until I was 15. My wife didn't meet uh, her father until she was 21 or so. Wow. So we came both from dysfunctional families. Awesome. So. Okay, good. Just some, set some context there for, for later on. Okay, Amy, go ahead and... Hello. <laughs> yes, um, my name's Amy Marks. My husband's up there, Brian Marks. Come on. Uh, yeah, we have five crazy kids. That's enough. <laughs> uh, yeah, Drew's our oldest. He's 13. Um, Elijah's 12, and Ava's 11. Those are our biological kids. And then God directed us on a path of adoption. So we have uh, Naya, who's four, almost five, and Caleb, who's nine months old. Um, Come on. And, and they are bio- blood siblings, so that's been pretty cool. Um, Brian and I are about to be married 18 years in Come December. Come on. Come so, on. Yeah. Um, it's been easy the whole way. Right. Uh, oh. Yep. Smooth, smooth sailing, you know, picture perfect. No. Uh, 
We're from Ohio originally, and we have been here about seven and a half years and have attended this church pretty much the whole time. So Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Fantastic. All right, Giselle. Hi. Good morning. <laughs> um, so uh, my name is Giselle. Um, my husband, Daniel, is up there. Um, I have two beautiful daughters, Jasmine, who is turning 15 today, by the Happy way. Happy birthday. Happy <laughs> birthday. And Emily, who's 12. Um, we are from Bolivia originally. I grew up in Virginia um, almost my whole life, but my husband grew up there. And um, yeah, we've been here in Salt Lake for about five years. Awesome. Awesome. Fantastic. Happy birthday, Jasmine. Happy birthday. <laughs> You know it's awesome. You know you're doing something right when uh, when all of all of the kids um, are in church today yeah. and uh, and serving God. Jasmine actually plays in the worship team, yeah. and uh, and so you know I, I just want to set that up because um, you know it can be difficult when you know serving you know uh, raising kids, and you know we always pray and hope that they would uh, you know be a part of you know, the, the house of God and that they would participate in church, but that's not always the case. Um, and, uh, but you guys have done an incredible job um, and all your kids, uh, at least you make it seem like they all love church. I don't know if you have to, you know, beat them or something, but, um, but no, you've, you've all done, you've all done a phenomenal, phenomenal job. So, um, okay. So, uh, Eric, you have, you have two sons, uh, three. Sorry. I know. Yes, you have you have three sons, um, and uh, and and so tell me a little bit about raising your three, uh, and then tell me a little bit about your your youngest, Adriel, and kind of that uh, some of that story, if if you could. Yes. Yeah, so we, as I mentioned, as I mentioned before, um, we are about proud parents of three boys. Um, like I said, Eli is my oldest. He's about to graduate from high school. And then he's uh, working and going into medical school. Um, Jitsak, uh, he's going into high school next year. Um, he's very excited. He's going to be playing high school football now. Yeah. Um, and then Adriel, who is my youngest, um, well, he's still in, in school. He's uh, our little one, uh, our pride and joy. He, um, when he was born, um, a lot of things were happening around our family, financial situation and whatnot. Um, but we started noticing something different, a few things different from Adriel that he was doing that our two oldest weren't doing before. And, and uh, so we got, there were some red flags um, as Adriel was growing up. And then uh, we found out that um, he was autistic. Um, for us, was a, a, a big shock. I mean, my when we found out, my, my wife was, um, crying, um, I, I immediately, like I said, I come from from uh, um, a, a city that uh, is very mean to you. And I used to, in, the order for, in order for you to survive, you have to be the meanest out there, right? So I, I used to be um, a person that, um, um, I, I don't know how to explain it, but I was afraid for my kid yeah. because he found somebody that's just like me he was gonna be in trouble because wow. he was vulnerable. And for me, that was um, very difficult uh, when that crossed my mind. And so um, for us as a family, it has been a learning experience um, to do. I mean, with my two oldest kids, it's very easy for me to connect with Adriel. It's always a struggle. It's always, you have to take an extra step. Um, one thing that has helped us, like I said, is, is um, we, we are a very close family. We pray together as a family. Not only we pray for them, for the kids, for our kids. Um, we play. We pray with them. Um, one thing that has helped us as well with Israel is that uh, we read Proverbs um, every night. So first day of the, the the month, we we read the first proverb of the of the, the Bible. And then second day, we read the, we read the second verse uh, yeah. uh, or chapter of Proverbs and so on and so forth. And, right. and uh, my son, he is, he wants to question everything. Um, and therefore, uh, if I tell them something, he's like, well, where does it say that? Tell me, why do I have to behave good, wow. right? So I, I'm right. like, let's go to the Bible. Let's read yeah. what God is talking to you. This is what God, your father, 
you need to know who you are, but you also need to know whose you are. Yeah, yeah, and when yeah. you read on the Bible and saying, this is what the Bible says, right. who I am and who right. I need to be, how I need to behave, how I need to conduct my life, right. then it has a different perspective. And, and so my son, as, as an autistic boy, he, uh, he, he, then he's, he connects and he's like, okay, so this is not only my dad here telling me this is what is right and this is what is wrong, but th there's actually a Bible. God, my, my father, God telling me right. this is what, mm. who I, who I am on. and who I shall. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah. That's so good. I think, Eric, the thing that I love so much about that is, is you know, it can be hard connecting with your, with your kids, especially your teenage boys, but um, then to have the autism on top of that makes it an extra layer of difficult. But the thing that I love so much about what Eric is saying is that he goes to the Word of God because God's Word it, it, it completely bypasses any any issue any 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 you know road you know speed bump that we might have because the Bible says that it penetrates both bone and marrow and so there's no obstacle that it can't get through and so I think that's such an amazing and such a beautiful. Uh, principle that you've that you've landed on to say no I'm going to go to God's word and I think we can learn something there when we are dealing with our kids and 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 trying to connect with them um, the Bible is not just a book but it's the inspired word of God and uh, and there's nothing more powerful than than his word and so when we can get uh, his word into the hearts of our kids um, there is so much power there um, and uh, that's why I love so much about our kids church just saying just throwing it out there we don't just watch kids we actually imprint uh, you know God's principles in his word in their hearts so um, uh, so just kind of wrapping up that story is there anything else um, you know that that has helped you guys kind of make sure you know because you got three amazing boys who love church who love God and uh, I think one of them might even want to become a pastor someday um, and uh, and so you know what else have you what other kind of tricks have you have you um, yeah tricks yeah tricks <laughs> So, um, well, let me just tell you a little bit more about just Adriel. So we we were constantly called at school. Uh, one day at school, the school where, where he attends, he actually, they have um, an assembly, a morning assembly every morning. So one day he decided just to moon everybody at school. Yeah, he just pulled his pants off and Perfect. he was like, okay. So, those are the type of things that I deal with with my son, right? So, and, 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 um, but I'll I mean, be honest with you, it's funny. if I can tell you what has helped us a lot, is being our church family. I mean, Mallory, uh, Chris and Sarah, uh, John and, and Lindsay, uh, they have all poured, uh, Kennington's, uh, they have poured into my, into my kids' life as well. And so as you said, uh, our family has done a great job together because we, we are pretty close together in everything we do, but our church family, has had also a big impact on my kids. I mean, we're, we're, we want to go camping, and they're like, okay, but we need to be back on Saturday very early because we need to be at church on Monday. On. Those are my kids telling us we need to be at church. Come so. on. That's amazing. Come on. That's, that deserves a, yeah, big time. Big time. Awesome. That's so good. That's so good. Okay, Amy, good morning. Good morning. <laughs> um, could you share a little bit um, about your marriage? You said 18 perfect years, right. I think is what you said. Yes, I Which did. is surprising, because I know Brian. Right, me and, too. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding, Brian's great. Um, <clears throat> phenomenal, phenomenal. But uh, yeah, could you share a little bit about, uh, about that? Yes, um, and I just want to say that I have Brian's blessing to share uh, what I'm about to share, so just know that. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I feel very blessed and honored to be sitting in the seat after the last couple of years specifically, but um, yeah, Brian and I got married when we were young and both knew the Lord and felt very, very at peace that we were supposed to get married. Um, but about a year into our marriage, uh, I found out that Brian had carried something that a lot of men carry, and that's the struggle with pornography and lust. And um, it, was, it was very shocking to me. Um, I have a father and mother that are married, but it's a very dysfunctional family. But it was something my just wasn't talked about in our home like lots of other things were. So uh, it kind of threw me for a loop. But very early in that realization, God just laid on my heart that 
divorce is not an option. I'm supposed to stand by his side yeah, regardless sure. of what it takes. And um, so I did that. It wasn't easy. I would say for 15 years, there was this cycle of struggle for Brian and God would lay it on my heart like he always does that there's struggle and then lies and this cycle of me going to him knowing in my heart that he's struggling and yet him looking at me and telling me otherwise and this cycle happened for many many years and I can look back now and know that God was working in all of that but in the midst of it I often couldn't see it because yeah. it felt like nothing was changing. Yeah. Um, I also knew in my heart that I couldn't change him. Yeah. As much as I wanted to and to get him to a different place, yeah. that, and don't, by no means do I sit here saying I handled it perfectly. <laughs> Let, let's get back, you know. But I really do feel like God gave me the ability to show him a lot of grace and to love him. But that came with consequences. And the consequences were that I just started to build these walls in my heart that I didn't even do knowingly. You know, the, the hurt and the pain, especially for a girl, a woman, who struggled with insecurity like so many of us do. Um, but growing up, I found my worth in sports. I knew the Lord, but I was very good at sports and found this connection and praise. And, um, but as a junior, I became anorexic. And God just kind of transitioned that sports was not where I was supposed to be. And I come out of sports and high school and going to college. And I'm like, well, what, you know, I felt all my worth, I felt like my worth was gone. Yeah. I'm not worthy. I don't have sports. Struggling with this horrific, you know, struggle with anorexia. And, um, and Brian and I get married. So I carry this, what seems to be polar, like how God can you place... Brian and I together when he's struggling with pornography and lust, and I feel like I never measure up. Wow. Like, it's a recipe of disaster. Right yeah, there. yeah. Y- yes. Yeah. <laughs> but I will say that I, I wholeheartedly believe, even if you don't enter a marriage, believers, that once you are a believer or if you enter a marriage as a believer, God didn't make a mistake. That's right. And that the whole point of this struggle for Brian and struggle for me is to help each other find freedom. Wow. Yeah. And <laughs> come on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I just want to share like the low point for us was about two years ago. I went to Guatemala with church, a group of women, and I went there just feeling like I'm I'm tired of affectionately pushing Brian away. I'm not talking in the bedroom. <laughs> I'm talking. You know, I just I had this wall up of I didn't want to touch hands. I didn't want to kiss. And it was something that built and built as my protection for what we walked through. And I was just so tired of the bitterness and the resentment. So I went to Guatemala and I just was praying that God would break down my walls and then I could see Brian as God saw Brian. And by the end of that trip, God was like, no, no, no. You need to see yourself how I see you. Wow. (laughs) And so, yeah, I, yeah. And so that journey has truly not, I mean, I've, I've wanted to, but to have that healing has began truly in that two years ago. So I come home and I had thought we were on a good path, but reality struck that Brian wasn't really where I thought he was. And something just clicked in me and I just, something was different. I was like, I can't keep doing what we're doing. I didn't know what that meant. Um, I sought a counselor who specialized in pornography and um, we just over a couple weeks came to a point where Brian left. First time in our marriage, I'm out here, we don't have any family. And Brian said, I'm going to take a couple days for myself and figure out if I'm all in or all out. And I w- at first I had some peace and was like, okay, God. But by the time he came home, I was angry. <laughs> and I was tired of fighting, honestly. I, I really, we met at church and, cause we, and I was like, I hoped he came back to church, not changed. Because then I could start to check out. Wow. I was tired wow. of fighting. I, was, I really was tired of fighting. So guess what? He came back and he really saw God. He really sought God. God got, you know, God had been yeah. working in him, but this was the moment. Come on. So, you know, that healing became, be, began and kept going. And the final piece of that was he went to emerge last year. And yeah. when he came home, I still was carrying all this bitterness and resentment. 
and Lucas Connell spoke, and um, I looked at Brian and said, we need to go get prayer. And in that moment of that he prayed over us for 20 or 30 minutes, I'm not kidding, that God took every single bit of bitterness wow. and resentment and Come hate on. and anger that I carried towards Come my on. husband yeah. and left it on the floor. So, yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. So we're not perfect. We're still on our healing journey, but we both see the freedom that we are having, are going to have. And, you know, we just hope to help others. Yeah, that's amazing. And, and, and I can remember, um, you know, getting coffee early mornings with Brian and talking through, you know, all of this as he's putting it out on the table. Um, and uh, I remember when he went away and I remember, you know, meeting with him afterwards. Um, and, uh, and it has been absolutely amazing, the, the healing and the freedom that Brian uh, has received and, uh, and, and you two are different. Um, there's joy in your face again. And, uh, and it's really, really exciting. So that's phenomenal. That's phenomenal. So good. So good. The thing I love so much about that is that I think that oftentimes um, the devil will lie to us uh, to, to make us think that we're the only ones going through something like this. Um, but it's just not true. Um, and, uh, and one of the powerful things about a church family is when we uh, get real and we get vulnerable with each, with each other, uh, and that's really when you know, those walls can come down um, and, uh, and we can receive breakthrough and healing and deliverance, um, and that's what this is all about. And so um, you could have easily, the two of you could have easily just decided, you know what, tried that been there, done that, it doesn't work, um, whatever. You could have disconnected uh, from church, from God, from each other, uh, but instead you, you chose to lean in. Uh, and it was in that leaning in that, that everything broke open. So that's phenomenal. So good. Let's go. All right, Giselle. Um, I'd love to hear a little bit about um, uh, you, and, you and Daniel's marriage before Christ, uh, and then a little bit about um, the moment that uh, that you encountered God, and kind of that, you know, some of the some of the that journey in your marriage and and your relationship with uh, with Christ. Yeah, sure. Um, so I grew up as a Jehovah's Witness my my whole life. Um, my my mom tells me the story all the time that she was actually pregnant with me when she got baptized in in that um, faith, so that's all I knew growing up. Um, I don't know if you guys know a lot about the Jehovah's Witnesses um, religion, but um, it's, they're, they're very strict. Um, and, and sometimes you feel like whatever you do, um, you're just not good enough um, because you're constantly making mistakes. You're constantly um, just not measuring up to their expectations. Um, and, and I grew up like that. And it, it sort of um, shaped my idea of God. Um, and I grew up just thinking that, that God was this being that would, you know, was just on the lookout to see if you were making mistakes. Wow. Um, just, you know, because my parents would say, you know, don't, don't lie or, or don't do bad things because God is going to punish you. You know, so so that was that was my idea of God. Just growing up, really, just constantly scared to disappoint my parents, to disappoint him. So, um, the Jehovah's Witnesses religion: um, when you make mistakes or you sin, um, you get disfellowshipped, which means that um, you have to leave the congregation. And anybody that belongs to the religion or that you you have a friendship with or a relationship with they just stop talking to you. They completely disassociate themselves from you um, in hopes that you feeling uh, alone and abandoned will make you want to come back and be part of the organization again. Wow. So in my teenage years, I grew up um, like that. And obviously, as a teenager, making lots and lots of mistakes. Um, and I got disfellowshipped from, from the Jehovah's Witnesses. and. My, my family decided to not have a relationship with me. Wow. Um, my parents were, uh, had to, could make the decision to continue talking to me or not, but I completely lost all of my friendships. Um, my dad's side of the family still to this day doesn't speak to me. Um, and, and it was just really, really hard. So um, when I met Daniel, um, I was already a single mom 
Um, I had Jasmine when I was really young. He was a single dad at the time as well. And it was, he came from a Catholic background. Um, his family very, very like, rooted in that religion. And um, me ha having experienced that as a Jehovah's Witness, um, I, just, I just told them from the beginning, religion is not something we are going to discuss. I have my own personal relationship with God. He and I know what went on, and I just don't want to deal with the whole conversation of God and religion. Wow. So he respected that. Um, so we got married, young parents with two beautiful little girls. Jasmine was six at the time, Emily was four. And um, it, was, it had its challenges, you know, just having that, uh, being a blended family. But um, in about the first two years that we got married, um, we started having a lot of problems um, because our families loved our daughters so much that on the weekends they would take them with, with them. So Daniel and I were both like single, a single married couple and we would go out and party and drink and, and all of that just brought so many things to our marriage, so many problems that after two years um, we decided to separate. And that was just hard enough but um, we didn't just ruin our marriage and our relationship, but also the girls, because they had bonded this, they had formed this bond as sisters. Um, and in a day, in, a, in one decision, that all just you know went away. And um, they were no longer together. And for three months, we didn't have communication. We just talked about you know lawyers and, and divorce papers and all of that. Um, I had no idea that in those three months that we weren't together, um, that Daniel's brother had invited him to church. Um, I, I had no uh, knowledge of what Christians were like, aside from just my parents, you know, what they, they taught me. Um, but when we met after um, months of not talking, he just said, you know, we need to talk and figure out what we're gonna do as far as the divorce and everything. So we met one day for coffee and he was just so different. I went there ready to argue and to fight mostly in my heart, mostly for just any rights to Emily being a stepmom. You know, as a step parent, you don't have any rights once you, you leave the marriage, right? So that was my thing. I was like, I'm gonna go there, I'm gonna demand him that I get to see Emily and I get to have a relationship with her even though I'm not her real mom. So um, I went to the, that night and he just seemed so different and he just, the whole entire time he was just talking about this God that he knew now and this, um, this relationship that he, he was having with God and just how much it changed his, his life that it just, I didn't say anything. And he just said, if you want to give our marriage a second try, a last try, then come with me to church. And I said, no. You know that, I, that is not a topic we're going to touch. And he said, okay, well then, why don't you come to like a marriage uh, group that we have on Thursdays? So I was like, okay. He said, it's not in a church. It's nothing weird. So, um, <laughs> so I went that Thursday. <laughs> And um, I just listened, and the pastor just, now I know that it was God speaking through our pastor. Right. But um, he just said, everything that we had done wrong in our marriage, he just said it that night. And it was so clear that, you know, why we were in that situation, why we had made those decisions. And that just internally blew my mind, you know? And I was like, okay, this is weird, but... Um, I, I, we came out that night and I just told him, okay, I, I'll go just one Sunday, you know, just one time. I just wanted, I was honestly, I was just curious because it was just so touching. So, um, so I went that Sunday and it was so different than, it, than what I was used to. Um, I was used to church, you know, being very calm and singing hymns and then just sitting down, listening to the word and then going home. But as soon as I walked in, it was the music and it was the service and people screaming hallelujah. And, you know, and it was just so different for me. And at the end, they were, they called for prayer. And Daniel went up there like, you know, like it, he just didn't even ask me or anything. He just went there. And, um, and I had to decide whether I was going to leave or stay. 
there were people speaking in tongues. There were people touched by the Holy Spirit falling over. And I was just petrified. I, I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> so um, everything in me just said, run away. Wow. And I got up and I was going to run away from that place. But just something stopped me. Yeah. Um, and I just, all I did was close my eyes. And it was the first time I ever felt the Holy Spirit. Wow. And I just started crying. Wow. And it wasn't just crying, I was sobbing. Mm -hmm. I was sobbing because I went back to being eight years old. Mm -hmm. And I think at eight years old, because of personal experiences, I, I just, at that age, at that young age, I decided I, that God wasn't somebody that took care of you. Mm -hmm. And that, wow. I, and I just at that moment I just turned into that eight-year-old little girl and I just started crying. And he and Daniel knows every Sunday after that I never stopped for the the following like three years because mm -hmm. I needed to get all of that pain out. Yeah. yeah. Um, after that Sunday, um, God just against everything that everybody thought saved our marriage just mm. from the ashes yeah we be went back together we repaired the re the damage that we had done in our daughters and then just the blessings kept coming yeah. um, daniel got a job offer to move out here to salt lake and um we decided to move even though we didn't know anybody here and god just brought us and it was as if he just said okay now the four of you are going to be a family and yeah. it's going to be uh it's going to be you guys and me and that's that's all you know and um and it's been five years of us just learning to be a, a family unit just the four of us and hanging on to god and um there's been lots of challenges these last five years we're not a perfect marriage we're not perfect parents as my daughters could tell you <laughs> <laughs> but um time and time again it seems like the enemy tries to to bring problems into our marriage to try to get us apart but God's right there being faithful and Come saying, on. nope, yeah. I brought you guys together for a reason. And you are going to be a family. And here we are. Come on. Praise God. That's so good. Thank you so much for, for sharing that. What a testimony of in a moment, right? It doesn't matter all the turmoil and what's going on, but in a moment, the presence of God can come and bring healing and restoration um, and then set you on a path and a journey. Um, and uh, that's phenomenal. That's so great. That's so great. Thank you. Um, Okay, so Eric, um, you know, you, you, you grew up in, in Mexico in, in bad environment. Um, you made it to, you know, you came to the States and uh, found yourself um, married and in church and successful. Yes. Um, and uh, can you give us a little rundown on, um, on that path uh, of success? And, uh, and all, everything that's, that's happened there and, and then where you're at now and, and, uh, and all the things that, that you've learned about your God uh, in the midst of it. Yes, yeah, so um, like I said, I came here with literally nothing on my back. It's nothing with nothing other than a desire to, to find my brother. Actually, I came because my brother, my older brother came and so um, that was the reason why I came to the States. Um, during that time, I mean, I, I finished high school here. I went to college, um, met my wife. I was on my way to Florida when I met Adria. Um, next thing we know, we have Eli, and then uh, kids started coming. So I started my own company. I, I was hot. Um, like I said, I came from nothing and, and, and growing, having nothing, having to work since I was a little kid. Uh, I tell my kids like, when we go to Mexico, I, I take them. And when we go there, I mean, I, I say, take a look at the kids here. None of them are asking for money. They're asking for work. And that was, I, was, I was one of them. Um, on the supermarkets, I used to use pack groceries for whatever tip. I mean, I used to go to the big markets where the, the big semis come and bring um, their, their products and whatnot. And so I used to look for older ladies that couldn't carry their, their, um, their stuff, their bags. So I will, I will get a tip from them. So that was, that was me growing up. Um, and so I, I had this uh, driving force in my heart saying, I, I, you're born for something else, for something better. Uh, and so when, when I, I, I mean, I went through a lot of stuff here. Um, I lived by myself when I was here as well in the States. Um, I used to rent a, a small studio. 
And uh, I mean, it, when I started my company, um, I started with nothing. I, I mean, Patty Garcia, they, she knows me when I started the company. Uh, we know each other from back then. And, and I, all I had was just a little desk and, and uh, a chair. That was pretty much. Um, so I started uh, working uh, when I was, we were newlyweds. I mean, um, I have nothing but just the desire to try, and I mean, and, and a lot to lose, really. And, and so things started going well for us. Um, next thing you know, I mean, I had a three-story building. I had a 6,000-square-foot home in Draper. Uh, I have rental properties. Um, I give my wife for Mother's Day a Cadillac Escalade uh, that was her present. Um, that was the type of life I was living. I mean, I was living um, very good. I mean, I, my kids wanted something before they finished speaking the sentence, they had it. Um, with that, I mean, I used, I was, I, I, it came to a point where I was so full of myself. I mean, I used to see $100 on the floor and I used to say, I won't stop to pick that up because my money is, or my time is worth a lot more than stopping and picking up a hundred dollars. Wow. That's, <laughs> and then, that's who I was. I mean, that, that's, that's to a point where I got, and, and uh, um, before then, I mean, when I was 16, I met the Lord, and, and then um, I used to give to church, I used to give my tithes, uh, but, but as I was making more and more money, um, I became distant. Mm. Uh, of him, and, and then I thought, I forgot again who gave those blessings right. to me. Um, wow. I know the, the blessings of my Mary has, it came because of the Lord, my kids came because of him as well. So, um, like I said, as, 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 as I was making more money, I mean, I got to a point where I was making $2.5 million a year, uh, and then 2008, 2009 came. Come on. <laughs> And uh, the humble oops. years, <laughs> and then oops, uh, the 6,000 square foot home just vanished. Uh, rental properties I own less than a hundred thousand dollars on those properties, they all went away. I couldn't find renters. I mean, I spent a lot of money on litigations, I spent money on trying to keep things afloat. Um, I had to go back, we went back to live at our smaller residence where we had that we purchased when, when Eli was just a year old. Um, and it was destroyed, so I went in, I had to evict people because they just didn't pay rent for months and months and months. So a lot of the savings just went away. It went to a point where um, I used to talk with some people and, and, and I used to love when they talked to me about their problems. So I'm like, dude, you have more money by just having a dollar in your pocket than what I have. I have debts over $100,000 um, right. with the IRS and, and that doesn't go away. Uh, <laughs> so, so, I mean, and when you start having financial problems, the first thing that you lose usually is your wife, your family. And with that, you also lose half of your income, <laughs> right? Um, thankfully, that wasn't the case. <laughs> that wasn't the case. I, I um, If anything, I have to give honor to my wife. She used to, but by me, when I had nothing, when, then when I had less than nothing. Come on. Um, yeah. And, and one thing that we learn is uh, when you're separated, um, but God is at the center, uh, the closer you get to God, the closer you get together. So it's like a triangle, right? God is in the middle. Right. And so, so and so that was our life. I mean, even though, I mean, I, I ended up leaving to uh, Arizona, and I, was, I started living in Arizona because um, that, I, I was overqualified for all these jobs that I was applying, and the only place where I could find a job was in Arizona. I couldn't sell my house here. Uh, it just one thing just led to another. Uh, long story short, um, God started talking to me. Uh, for me, it was a humbling experience. I mean, seeing myself crying at night, saying, "What am I gonna do? Uh, I don't have money to even buy a. If I buy a soda, I won't be able to provide food for my family." Um, and then to now where God has not only blessed me, I mean, uh, <laughs> through all of these things, what God did is he humbled me. He, told, he, he showed me and he reminded me whose I am. Yeah. And that everything that I had was because of his grace, not because of right. anything that I did because I was special. Because I used to think I'm, I'm better than anybody else. I mean, if you can speak, I can speak. You can speak. 
I can speak louder than you, so I'm gonna be better than you. Uh, and and again, I forgot who I was and whose I was. But um, just long story short, uh, today God has restored a lot of things. I mean, like I said, my marriage is great. We paid off our house. Come on, already. Um, and and again, the, the more you see God as a family. Um, the first thing that, that got restored when I lost everything wasn't my finances. It was my family. That was the first thing it was. It was and when I started tithing again, and I'm going to tell you something. I don't make as much money or even close to what I used to make before. But now I give a lot more than wow. I used to give back then. Wow. And I'm more blessed than I was back then. That's it. That's it. So. Come on. That's awesome. That's awesome. I, I love that. And I remember when you, and you've shared this, but when you came to me um, almost about a year ago and you said, I, I want you to know, and maybe it was for accountability that you told me, um, I want you to know I'm, I'm going to be giving in a different way. I'm going to be tithing in a different way, really tithing. It's one thing to, you know, I think sometimes people are like, oh yeah, I tithe. You mean you give, um, but Eric was talking about tithing and then giving above and beyond, and in a year, um, they snowballed their mortgage. Like, that's crazy. Um, and uh, and now are set up, they're financially free in so many amazing ways, um, and uh, that's phenomenal. That's phenomenal to stand on God's principles and then watch him come through. It's been, it's been God all along, like I said. It's, yeah. it's, in my mind, I mean, it was going to take so many years to... to I didn't even think or dream about being financial, financially free, and and within a year, I mean, just yeah, God changed the entire picture. Come on, life. come on, <laughs> praise God. Um, okay, Amy. Um, in the midst of all of the stuff that you and Brian were dealing with, um, you guys walked another uh, journey, um, and. Uh, and so if you could share share that. Yeah. Um, Do I need fantastic. to shorten it? Are we? <laughs> um, be effective. Be effective. <laughs> um, you know, Vince said something to me uh, this past week about the last five years for Brian have been crisis. Brian and I have been crisis to crisis. And we've handled that poorly and we've handled it wonderfully. But we can understand what people have walked through. Um, so what Vince is talking about is our three older kids are biological and and we wanted to have another one. And um, I, I say this respectfully for people who are struggling with infertility, but we would sneeze and get pregnant. And so we had three kids in two and a half years and Brian was like, well, we need to slow down. <laughs> and so come time we want to have another one and I just couldn't get pregnant. And uh, God, started to lay in my heart and but I didn't even know it so before we moved out here I had this dream that we were handed a baby girl in a hospital we named her Caroline and um, I didn't think a whole lot about it at that point other than I was doing Breaking Free by Beth Moore and at that Bible study I went and looked what Caroline means and it means free and God, I felt like God was saying hold on to that dream fast forward a couple of years uh, we move out here um, a couple of different circumstances, people spoke adoption over my life, and Brian and I get to a point where we've prayed about it, and we're like, let's let's look into it. So we went and met an agency in Sandy and um, started the process. And in 2014, we were approved. And five months, four months later, we're flying to Tennessee to get this little girl named. And um, we're on the airplane. I'm like, we have to name her Caroline. And but there was this part of me that was fearful. Like, was this really God? You know, all of this stuff. So anyway, we get Caroline, we have her for, di for four days and we have to give her back. Um, so needless to say, we were crushed, but God, like God so often does, Brian and I have been praying in the, ho in the hotel as we have this baby girl over Ra Romans 8.28. And I want to share it. God works all things for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. Amen. And the thing that was so powerful was my father called the day we had to give her back and was like, Amy, I was sitting on my back porch and God just laid Romans 8:28 on my heart. He has you. And I said, God, you, or I said, dad, you have no idea, Brian, I've been praying that. And I was just confirmation that he has us. So later that year, 2014, we get little Naya. Um, we met her birth mom and you know, our three little kids are walking through this process with us. So they felt the hurt and the pain of Caroline and 
we start to talk about what are we going to name this little girl? And um, one of them says Naya. And it's not a very popular name. And I had prayed, you know, God, let us know what we should name her. Lo and behold, Naya means purpose, which is the last word of Romans 8, 28. Come on. So we start a relationship with Naya's birth mom. And to try to highlight it, so Naya's born Christmas of 2014. That next summer, we find out she's pregnant again. Not, nothing really happened, but she's due December 23rd, I believe, was the date. So we go to Ohio to visit family, think we're going to adopt this baby privately. And like the week before we leave to take our family to celebrate Christmas with our parents, I wake up in the middle of the night, and I just had this dream. And I woke Brian up, and I was like, it all fell apart. Brian, we're not going to get this little boy. And uh, he prayed with me, and I was able to let it go. We go. We don't get this little boy. Everything felt very weird about it. And before we came home, I had another dream. So this was 2015. And in the dream, there was this little boy that Naya's birth mom kept. And there was a second little boy. And his name, we were, he was ours, and we named him Caleb. And so let me just tell you, like, I doubted so much that these dreams were from God. And, but I wanted to believe that they were from God. So I held on to them. And that later that next year, which would have been 2016, we come to find out she truly is pregnant. I went and met her and had lunch with her. And we said, yeah, we'll walk through this again with you. But I lived in so much fear. All I wanted was this little boy that God had, I thought, was hoping had promised me. So we financially helped her through her whole pregnancy. And, you know, we'd make deci- I would make decisions based in fear. Well, if I don't give her this money, I'm not going to get this baby. Yeah. If I don't help her in this situation, that baby's going to be taken away from us. And lo and behold, she has this little boy, and I find out on Facebook she's keeping him. <laughs> so, I, but in that pregnancy, we found out the pregnancy before was a scam. She had totally used us for money. So in a sense, I had this huge amount of relief. I was like, God, that baby wasn't real. Maybe there is another little boy, and maybe we will name him Caleb. So Mother's Day of last year, she calls me, I'm pregnant. (laughs) And I just knew in my heart, I said to her, I can't do what I've done. I can't live in fear. I'm going to love you. I'm going to be there for you. And we're going to pray about everything you ask us, but it's going to be different. And if it's meant for this little boy to be in our home, we're going to trust it. So we helped her minimally a couple different times throughout the pregnancy. And there's a lot of little, this young lady is hurting and broken. And all she knows is what she needs. And we were a source to get it. And I lived that. I, I lived that emotion with her, that pain. And I, I truly love her and I care for her and I want her to know Jesus. Um, but so in January, I got to go spend a week with her leading up to the birth of this little boy. I got to see him born and everything changed. I went home to the hotel and just like she, it, everything just changed. And I left without him. And I remember thinking to God, like, I thought this was you. Like, this was confirmation. This was this little boy we were supposed to name Caleb. And I came home to Brian, and Brian, not that he didn't doubt, but he just had this peace that he was ours. And I literally, after a week, said to Brian, I can't hear it anymore. I do have hope, but I'm so broken, I can't hear it anymore. So six weeks later, after many texts from her, I get on an airplane, head back to Pennsylvania, and um, the little boy became ours. And Come we on. named him Caleb. Come on. And the coolest thing of that whole story is Caleb means faithful. Yes. And um, I w- the amazing thing about all this was not only in my desire to have add to our family, and the, but the faithfulness of God in my marriage. Yeah. In the timing over the last two years. And yeah. just the joy. I do. I have joy again. Yeah. And... Uh, wouldn't change it for the world. I'd walk through it all over again, but it was hard. Come on. Come on. Um, As we close, I, um, you know, I I, I walked that journey alongside Brian. um, And uh, remind me, when's Caleb's birthday? It's January 13th. (laughs) January 13th. Were you in the service on January 13th? No, I was watching him be born. Brian was there. So January 13th was Vision Sunday last year. And um, do you write Caleb on that vision card? Yep. (laughs) And uh, Pastor Jurgen on a video prophesied babies into the congregation. 
and little baby Caleb was born yeah. that day. And he spoke about Caleb in the Bible. So yes. it really touched Brian. Yeah. And, uh, and yet I remember then walking through that, so many confirmations that this is it, and yet so many times it was taken. Yes. The devil is out trying to kill, steal, and destroy the promises of God, his principles in your life. He's trying to take it. And I'll never forget, I remember, I remember going up the chairlift with, with uh, Andy when Andy was in town. And I looked over him and I said, how do I help walk this family through? I want to believe, but it's, it's just not happening. You know, and I'm over here telling Brian, no, it's going to happen, it's going to happen. I'm over here telling Andy, I don't know if it's going to happen. What do I do? And Andy looks at me and he goes, we're called believers, Vince. We're believers. Our job is to believe. We can't do anything else except for believe that God is who he says he is and that he can do what he says he can do. We can't fabricate a miracle. We can't make anything happen. We just simply believe. And so that's what we did. And I remember talking to Brian about that. Hey, man, we're just going to believe. We're just going to believe. Yeah. Can I just, I would, I would, I wish looking back at that, it was over eight years, those dreams that I could sit here and say, I never doubted and I knew it was from God. And I just had this peace. And some of us do. And that's a miracle. But even when you doubt, just try to keep believing. Yeah. 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 That's it. I think with our family-ish as we kind of bring this to a close, with all of the family-ish that we, that we have, we have a lot of circumstances in life that come in and press in, and we have sicknesses and financial issues and broken marriage and difficulty with children. If we don't have a firm foundation on the Word of God and an anchor of truth in Jesus, it can become so difficult to understand how to make sense of all of this. The thing I love so much about each and every one of you is that you're able to stand on the promises of God, to stand on the anchor of truth, and to say, no matter what happens around me, no matter the difficulty, I know that my God is who he says he is, and that he can do what he says he can do. And, uh, and that will get us through, church. That'll get us through all of the family dynamics, the dysfunction, right? I mean, my family puts the fun in dysfunction. I'm just here to tell you. And yet I know that my God is my foundation, that my God is my anchor, and that what he says is true, no matter what, anything else, no matter what kind of difficulty or challenges that we might face. Amen? Amen. Amen. As we bring the service to a close, can we just thank our panelists? Thank you guys so much. You can have a seat. Yeah, stand up. Give them a hand. Phenomenal. Thank you guys. Thank you. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, team, and what we do at C3 Salt Lake City, go to C3SaltLakeCity.com.